Recently, a member of the podcasting community unexpectedly suffered the loss of a loved one. Now more than ever, it is important that we all put our affairs in order. Become an organ donor. Make sure that you have a will. Don't let fate decide for those that matter to you. Send in love and light to those affected. Good evening, and welcome to Matinee Minutia. Tonight, we're taking a trip to Southern California and dropping by the home of one Phyllis Neffler, cookie queen of Beverly Hills. Won't you join us here at the fabulous Marionette Theater? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Marionette Theater, the beautiful historical marionette. And tonight, by my side, I have my partner in crime, Mr. Toppy Smelly. Hey, DJ, but you know what? Tonight, um, rather than the Marionette Theater being historical, tonight it's going to be hysterical. Because we have a special guest. We certainly do. And without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce her. Coming to us from the Commonwealth of Maryland, the fabulous, beautiful, multifaceted, multi talented Demanda Martini. Hi! Hello! Hi, DJ. Hi, Toppy. Thank you all so much for bringing me back here to the hysterical, historical mm, theater. (laughs) (laughs) The theater that I can't remember the name of. Oh, that's quite all right. I've been to so many. You know, it's a show, airplane, another club, another club, airplane. (laughs) Right. And you know what, um, folks, what you should know is there may be one thing, maybe one thing about the coronavirus situation we find ourselves in, and that's that normally on a Friday night, Demanda would not be sitting around at home at her computer. <laughs> so uh, we we can at least say that, uh, well, that, that here's one good thing that came about. Because we're social distancing. Yeah. I mean, this this, tonight's movie is so good that she virtually had to break quarantine to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, literally, I, this, such a good movie that we're talking about tonight. Such a good movie. All right. DJ. Gertie's hanging around here somewhere, although she's a little bashful because of Demanda, but, uh, Ah. She's downstairs. She's gonna. She says she's ready to do the intro. Intro. Alrighty, folks. So, without further ado, here is our senior showgirl to spell it out for you and what we're gonna discuss tonight. Phyllis is the reluctant Beverly Hills trophy wife of the Muffler King. Just as her husband is moving to the pool house, she's asked to step up to the plate and take charge of her daughter's scout troop. Will she learn to start a campfire? Will she figure out how to pitch her own tent? Will she just break a nail? Have your butler fetch your fondue fixins and a sleeping bag, cause it's time for Shelly Long and Craig T. Nelson in Troop Beverly Hills. Take it away, boys. What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen, a pinch of golden oldies, and a smidgen of streaming? It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. <laughs> so, Toppy, how have you been, sir? How are you getting along there? And are you enjoying this fine weather? Well, it got quite humid today, um, and I bet in Maryland, uh, Demanda, did it just like get really warm and humid over there? Yes. So I'm, I'm not an outdoors person, ah. um, but but yes, it actually got super gorgeous today. Um, I got to be about eighty one, eighty two ish. So I'm down in the southern part of Maryland. 
And um, yeah, it was it was absolutely stunning today, at least. Um, so my roommate told me when he went outside to sunbathe and I had to stay on the computer to, you know, like work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one thing that I have enjoyed, Amanda. Uh, you know, now that I've been working at home for a while, I finally got that corner office with a view. <laughs> and uh, uh, my favorite part is I get to lay down at my desk. Ah, <laughs> I'm sure there are some pinup girl poses out there somewhere. <laughs> but yes, we uh, we got uh, to some humid temperatures here, and we even got a thunderstorm just as I was getting ready for the show tonight. Ooh. So yeah. Toppy, I think we should uh, cue the folks in about uh, tonight's film. I've got uh, just a little bit of a synopsis, and I thought Amanda might want to read it. Uh, Shelley Long stars as Phyllis Neffler, a pampered Beverly Hills housewife, I can relate, (laughs) who becomes the leader of her daughter's wilderness girls troupe to prove her divorce-seeking husband, played by Craig T. Nelson, that she's still... Look, she's still the caring woman that he married. Phyllis Neffler's life was a symphony of spending. This one. Out. I'll take the rest. I started my new meaningful life today. And I bought a whole new meaningful wardrobe to go with it. Until her husband stopped the music. You never give me an ounce of credit for anything I do. That's because you never do anything. Well, then I guess I'm going to do something right now. Approve. Mom's going to be our new troop leader. Who are you? Uh, Phyllis Neffler, Troop Beverly Hills. Now, she's changing her style. Well, girls, are you ready to rough it? From Rodeo Drive. I can't let you take the girls out there alone. Why not? Because you get lost in your walk-in closet. The Cookie Drives. That jamboree thing sounds fabulous. Mm. My troop is definitely going. What is a jamboree? From room service. Is this what you call roughing it? One bathroom for nine people? Yes. To public service. Today I am here to demonstrate for you CPR. Lie down and open your mouth. Last time I did this, I got more than a patch for it. And from high society. Do you like people to call you dictator or just dick? To high adventure. I'm sure it's very nice to know how to live in the forest and eat bark. You can prance these little princesses through Beverly Hills all you want. But you will never really be a real wilderness girl. We'll be fine. We're through Beverly Hills. Shelley Long. What an adventure. Isn't nature fabulous, girls? Through Beverly Hills. She's not a babe in the woods. We just quit now. Not until we sing Kumbaya. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Demanda, what we like to do is this movie came out in 1989. We just like to set up the history, like what was going on in the world at the time. Here is the world. Well, as someone not alive in 1989. Oh. No, 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 no. We never suggested that. <laughs> um,. So in 1989, Los Angeles City Council bans the sale of possession of semi-automatic weapons. Yeah, huh. that probably, oh, uh, yeah, that was effective. I wonder I wonder why they would have done that. Um, unemployment drops to 5%, the lowest since 1973. Sunspot activity caused an outage in the Quebec-based hydroelectric dam, leaving 6 million people without power for nine hours. Eek. That wow. would not have been pleasant. No, ter- terrible. The first time a privately owned rocket had orbited uh, a payload TV satellite, uh, Congress passed legislation to raise the, min- raise the minimum wage from three thirty-five to four twenty-five an hour by April nineteen ninety-one, and it has not risen since. I Ooh. seriously wonder. You know, I think it is still down there. <laughs> I, I do. So we had some celebrity births. These are people you're going to know, and they were born in '89. Oh. Card Overstreet. He's an actor, and Jesus he was Christ. A, he was on that Glee show, Demanda. <laughs> oh, oh, I am. I'm aware of who White Chocolate is from Glee. Mm. <laughs> all right. So Tyler Oakley. He's a musician. I, he's on all over he's YouTube. Musician. I 
think l- very, very loosely. He's ah. a YouTube personality. Let's, let's not give him more credit than he's got. Now, this next guy might be more of a musician. Jason Derulo. He's yeah. into urban and R&B. Yeah. So you'll know every song he does because he always says his name before the song starts. <laughs> How about that? Folks. So you always not, know that it's him. And not only do we have movie trivia, that right there was music <laughs> trivia. <laughs> so speaking of trivia, yeah. I play trivia every Thursday night with a group of friends um mm-hmm. on Discord because um, you know, quarantine and all of that. Right. And Listen, my friends, we're we're very smart. We're very, you know, we love trivia. We love like little random facts. Mm-hmm. And our biggest pet peeve is when people who run trivia don't research their topics enough and mm-hmm. they give the wrong answers. And then you're like, no, 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 I know this. And they're like, no, no, no that, that's, that's not true. And I'm like, well, according to these seven articles that I found, it is true. So, again, so. If, it's, if it's easily Googleable, mm-hmm. then uh, you didn't do enough research. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Neither here nor there, really, honestly. That's right. DJ, uh, when Troop Beverly Hills came out in the theatres, uh, it had some competition. What were the other movies going on right then? Okay, well, in uh, 1989, the top of the box office, which, you know, it's not something we usually talk about, <laughs> but uh, we have Batman with Michael Keaton. And uh, he was my favorite Batman. Um, that brought in two hundred and fifty-one million. And the second... all right, just uh, just keep that little uh, figure in mind, folks. Two hundred fifty-one million in eighty-nine. Okay, and number two was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So it's the last movie with Harrison Ford, okay. but it also had Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And that it, brought in a hundred and ninety. Well, the last one, that, that fourth one, unless you're just not counting that one on purpose. Oops. <laughs> yep, that's right. There was a that's right. And the third in the top of the box office was Lethal Weapon Two, which had, of course, Mr. Mel Gibson, uh tinfoil hat wearing and uh, Danny Glover. Yeah. All right, folks. Now here's where I want you to keep in mind that 251 million by Batman <laughs> Troop Beverly Hills made how much DJ? Um, well, you got to divide that and carry the one. Um, but it was number 95 at the box office. Oh. Oh. It brought in 8.5 million. They, they might've <laughs> broken even, but listen, uh, we, we, we like to stick up for the underdog movie on here. <laughs> but I, I do have to say that True Beverly Bills, what this means is True Beverly Hills was beat out by a movie called She Devil with a Van. So, and then a movie called Tap with Gregory Hines. And then a movie called Renegades uh, with Kiefer Th- Sutherland and Lou Diamond Phillips. They all beat. To Beverly Hills. So, so what's what's interesting to me is is that yes, it was number ninety five in nineteen eighty nine, but again, we have to remember that by the late eighties, home movies was such a thing, like blockbuster. And so, when I was when I was growing up, it was Blair Video. Um, and by in nineteen eighty nine, we still had a Betamax. Mm-hmm. at my home um so like that's how all of these movies that even though they didn't do well in the box office still became so popular why we you know we call them cool yeah. favorites because people rented them and then they became so popular while you know people watched them at home and i think true beverly hills is definitely one of those movies that became such a thing after the after it left the theaters i agree it, it certainly Seemed. I, I think today we could definitely say this movie has a long-lasting cult status. As oh, definitely just a favorite uh, camp movie. Because even even just a few weeks ago, um, Gigi Good on season twelve of um, RuPaul's Drag Race did a Phyllis Neffler inspired um, <laughs> look on the runway of RuPaul's Drag Race. Like that's <laughs> and Gigi Good, who was probably born in two thousand twelve, like. <laughs> like Let's be honest. She's she's like 20, 21, so she's probably born like nineteen ninety nine, I guess. Um, she's, a, she's she's very young. So the fact that she still knows who you know who Phyllis Neffler is just goes to show you like how much of a cult classic and 
gay cult classic because most of the people that I know that love this movie um, are homosexuals. Um, and it, it really just is like Phyllis Neffler's fashion in this movie. It just killer. One of these days, I'm also going to do the Phyllis Neffler like cape and all that stuff. But oh, you know, speak, so good. speaking so of good. that, let's take a moment to visit the film. I have a moment here that reveals the very same uniform that we're talking about. Here we go. How's it look? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. It's not that bad. Not that bad. Except for the colors wrong, the collars wrong, the material's a nightmare from hell. It's cut badly, it itches, and it's not me. But all of that can be fixed. Ari! Oh, Ari! My god, darling! What is that? I know. It's my wilderness girl uniform. What can you do with it? You mean besides burn it? Oh, my God. Uh, burn it. Burn it is the answer. The original. Well, who we heard, who we heard there was Shelley Long? And... I think we should get into she she's full of interesting um uh, an interesting past Amanda we're let's start at the beginning way back in 1975 sure. what do we know so, about her? so her first notable role came in the 1979 Natalie Wood television movie The Cracker Factory <laughs> as a psychiatric inmate hmm. the same year she guest starred on uh, Family and Trapper John MD in 1980, she appeared in her first feature film role, A Small Circle of Friends, a film about the social unrest at Harvard University during the 1960s, and it was a critical success. Uh, Long's first major role film, uh, first major film role, was an 81 caveman with Ringo Starr and Dennis Quaid. Director <laughs> 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 Dr. Detroit with Dan Aykroyd, uh, followed by Night Shift in 82 with Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton, Batman which was a Ron Howard film. Incidentally, around this time, she was also offered the role of Mary, the mother in E.T., but she declined because she had already assigned to appear in Night Shift. Whoops. Which is interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, well, I mean, I mean, Night Shift was still pretty popular, was, was it not? I mean, I've definitely heard of it. Um, yeah, it was, it was... It was a bit of a hit maker, and I think I believe it was Ron Howard's very first, not first movie. That's not true, but one of his more successful movies. His first movie was a a, a car movie. It was a really cheap "Eat My Dust." Remember that movie? Oh <laughs> yes, Eat My Dust, and it was just a teenage. I've got a fast car. Ah, stupid. Um, <laughs> bless his heart. You know, spe yeah. speaking of that movie in 81, Caveman Toppy, for the longest time, I had that confused with one of Daryl Hannah's first movies because she played a primitive cavewoman type in something called Clan of the Cave Bear. <laughs> what a wonderful confusion. I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's definitely a thing that happened. <laughs> I just remember these huge eggs that were in, like, it looked like a, a hot spring. And Shelley Long's character is one of the people who was trying to steal the eggs from the prehistoric bird. <laughs> I have no memory. So we'll, we're going to flash up to 1982. And here it was, Shelley Long was cast in her most well-known role, well role as Diana Chambers on NBC's long-running sitcom, Cheers. And Cheers started out really not on good footing. But after about two seasons, it really started to pick up viewers, and it became a certifiable hit. And Shelley Long did five seasons before she decided, you know what, I'm just not going to renew my contract. I'm going to do movies. And so she did, and she was also doing movies at the very same time she was doing Cheers, and during that period, she made four movies, and these are some of her more well-known, I believe, Irreconcilable Differences, The Money Pit, 
Outrageous Fortune, one of my favorites, and one Hello. of my favorite movies. Oh yeah, that is amazing. And then finally, Hello Again. So she made all those while she was making Cheers. So Outrageous Fortune. Yeah, I love that movie so much. So again, um, we had Betamax. <laughs> and I still remember we um so by the time that VHS came around, my father, bless his soul, was he's just one of those people he never moves on to the next thing. Like he is gonna stick with what you know what he knows. So um our local movie or movie rental place, Blair's Video, they would start like selling us the, the Betamax movies at super cheap because they wanted to get rid of them and they're like, Oh, you guys are the ones who take Betamax. So I remember very clearly the, the Betamax case um, <laughs> and it had the outrageous fortune thing with them hanging off Shelley Long and Bette Midler hanging off a cliff. And I was like, what is this movie? This like action comedy starring two ladies. Cause it, it's pretty much like every action comedy, you know, where it's like two people who do not get along at the beginning and they're total opposites and they're forced together to like, you know, solve whatever this crazy hijinks is going on. And my, my favorite part of that movie is at the very beginning when Shelley Long is in dance class and she does the giant leap and she, cause you know, everybody's like, Oh, I'm going the furthest. Oh, I'm going the furthest. And Shelley Long does it. And after she goes by her, the one of the classmates goes, bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. And I, and I remember even when I was little being like, Oh, that's going to come into play later. That giant leap, like that, that's a skill that is going to happen later. And uh, that whole movie that, and also being someone who like wanted to be an actor, even for a performer from really young, like mm-hmm. the fact that these two actresses like making it work, like on this crazy criminal investigation, like they're trying to fool the FBI. They're in with the Russian mob. It, it, George Carlin shows up for no reason. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Oh. If, if people have not seen that movie, highly recommend. Highly All recommend. right, I uh, I'm gonna say let's uh, let's check that out. And then Demanda after after those movies and after Cheers, we know her first trip back to the movies was our movie tonight, Troop Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was followed by Don't Tell Her It's Me. Frozen assets, and what I think that most people, most people of a younger generation, younger than than myself, would know her from, which is the Brady Bunch movies, the the Brady Bunch movie and the Very Brady sequel. Oh yeah. Um, which when she played Carol Brady, and she had that perfect wig <laughs> that matched. Oh, so good. Um, and so in, ni- in 1990, a long return to television for the fact-based ABC miniseries. Voices Within the vo- the Lives of Trudy Chase. Mm-hmm. She received critical praise for it, uh, which her which required her to portray nearly 20 personalities. See, I never saw that. I, I obviously saw mm-hmm. the, the, the um, Sally Fields um, movie, and I can't remember the name of it. Oh, that was Sybil. Sybil, yes. I definitely remember Sybil, but I don't remember... I don't remember that one. I don't um, either. It, I don't. Maybe because it, um, you know, it was something. It's probably something that my mom didn't want me to watch. Even though, like, I we watched RoboCop and like Aliens as a child. So, <laughs> there I don't were know. just a few people shot in RoboCop, as I recall. One or two people. Were <laughs> shot. Um, but anyway, this introduced her to more dramatic roles in TV after she starred in several more throughout the nineties. Hmm. All right, um, DJ. We're going to talk about her co-star, who really didn't have a whole lot to do with this movie, but it's Craig T. Nelson, and she played. Uh, he played Phyllis Neffler's long-suffering husband. So, DJ, tell us about Craig T. Nelson. Okay, and actually, I'll do that in just a sec. Just wanted to mention we've got a chat room full of folks who've joined us tonight. We've got our regular Aunt Tudor, who is sort of our uh, pep squad of the marionette. And we also have uh, Tommy dropped by. Earlier, we had Maureen show up. And a friend of the show, Cronehaven, dropped by. And it looks like we have a first-time visitor. We have Baloo, formerly of the Pod Cubs podcast. Well, goodness gracious. Hello there, Baloo. Thank you for dropping by the marionette. And so now on yes. to uh, Mr. Craig T. Nelson. And this is uh, Freddie Neffler, the Muffler King. 
His uh, first big role was on Private Benjamin, the TV series in 1980. And then in 82, he was in Poltergeist. As well as in 83, he was in Silkwood with diva Meryl Streep and, uh, you know, even bigger diva Cher. And he had nine roles on films in his first five years. Now, prior to Troop Beverly Hills, he was in a film called Me and Him. Not much to say about that. Uh, But then he was in Turner and Hooch. And that had Tom Hanks. And if I'm not mistaken, it was one of Jackie Gleason's last films. I swear I saw that movie. I do not remember Jackie Gleason. I do not. I do not remember Jackie Gleason. (laughs) He was his dad. And uh, I remember it because you got to see Tom Hanks in a pair of low-rise briefs. Um, (laughs) And eventually. I just remember this big slobby dog. That's all I remember. Well, that was Jackie yeah, Gleason. Honestly, that's all I remember, too, is just the fact that it was just a big, slobbery dog. I was going to say, that was Jackie Gleason, the poor man. Oh, my God. And eventually, Greg T. Nelson would be cast in the lead of the Coach TV series. Now, that ran okay, for eight so- years. And uh, most recently, Craig Nelson starred in Parenthood from 2010 to 2015 Mm -hmm. with uh, Gilmore Girls co-star Heather Graham. Mm, Not Heather Graham. Lauren Lauren Graham. Oh, I'm Uh, sorry. Heather Heather Graham's the blonde from the Austin Powered movie. Oh, that's right. Well, thank you for straightening Um, me out my graham crackers. (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite Craig T. Nelson role is actually the dad in Family Stone with Mm. Diane uh, Diane Keaton and, you know, a huge ensemble cast. It's definitely like a favorite that my mom and I watch. So at Christmas time, Aliens, if you guys remember from when I was at Farpoint talking about movies Uh (laughs) that we watch. Um, uh, So Aliens. Family Stone and White Christmas, like the, the the if those movies mean Christmas to me, that is quite a mix, Amanda. That is quite a mix. <laughs> now, for those of you who have caught Troop Beverly Hills, did you happen to notice a little nice piece of animation in the beginning sequence of the film? Yeah, it was very Ren and Stimpy-ish. <clears throat> and it was actually so, done by Mr. Crick Velusi. All right, folks, uh, we're going to talk about our next actress in the movie, and uh, she's Audra. I love that name. Not Audrey, Audra Lindley. And she's played the head leader of the Los Angeles County Wilderness Girls. She was primarily a TV actress. All you going to know her when I tell you that her most well-known role was Mrs. Roper on Mm -hmm. Three's Company. Mm Mm-hmm. And she did lots of other guest spots and appearances here and there. But the the heart of her career was on on stage. Here we go, folks. I swear I watched Troop Beverly Hills. I swear I did. And it was just about a week ago. But there were cameos in this movie. Okay, so before we move on to cameos, I, I feel as though... We have missed one of the most important roles in the entire movie, which is Shelley Morrison as her maid. Shelley Morrison, who has recently passed away, I think like a year or so ago, Mm. who is is now most famous for being Rosario on Will and Grace. Mm. She says the infamous, uh, you know, uh, line, which is stolen from, you know, uh, was originally badges. We don't need no stinking badges, which was the treasure of Sierra Madre. Oh, um, Lord, 1948 film. So it was Blazing Saddles, I believe, that turned it into those still badges. In True Beverly Hills, she changed it to Patches. Oh, yes. All right, folks, uh, this is one of the reasons why... Amanda Martini is perfect for our little show. That was quite a bit of trivia all there oh, at sorry, once. Sorry, I- so, folks, we are at uh, the uh, about halfway mark through the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please follow us out to the lobby as we have reached the midpoint in our program. And our uh, senior showgirl here will be behind the snack counter and serving up all of your favorite treats. So, yeah, it's me. Please stand by, and uh, we have a 
Evening news revisit to the cast of Troop Beverly Hills on Entertainment Tonight, the 30th reunion. Look, all my wilderness girls dreams came true that day. The cast of Troop Beverly Hills together again and at the Beverly Hills Hotel, nonetheless, just makes me want to sing Kumbaya. (laughs) So break out your badges and your cookie boxes for a reunion 30 years in the making. Look at these beautiful girls. I do want to start out giving you guys a little gift. We got you a little gift. Is there a moment that stands out shooting this to you all 30 years later? Living Cookie Time was pretty fabulous. And that's a really good song. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Give the crown. Here we go. Just like that. So buy a box and do your share. She wasn't lip syncing. No, well, we know I this was now. not lip syncing. So, so how no. many people come up to you and ask you to sing that, though? Everybody. You still get it? I get it. I get that, and I get, excuse me, officer. Don't you know who this man is? He's the best. He's the greatest. He's my dad, James, the jackhammer shakar. It feels good. Who are you? Phyllis Sniffler. Troop Beverly Hills. I do want to gush about Shelley Long for one second here. Because for me, this role, and I really believe it was underappreciated in so many ways for a comedic actress. I may be a beginner at some things, but I've got a black belt in shopping. The physical comedy was so fantastic. Yeah, there's a scene where the rain, they had the, you know, they made it rain. I just love that scene because we're just cheering you on and we want you to make it so bad. And then we have our kumbaya. I just loved that. The kumbaya. Not until we sing kumbaya. Kumbaya. Was the kumbaya thing an improv? I feel like that came up. It was an improv during the table read. That's right. That's right. And I just broke into kumbaya. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. And the Ghostbusters 2 guys wanted to use kumbaya but we already have it i love the smell of cookies in the morning betty thomas played the red feathers villainous leader velda right mom nicks on the mom business i call you mom you always tell me the nicks on the mom business (laughs) that's right after true beverly hills betty left acting and became one of the most successful female directors in hollywood I quit acting after that. I was like, help me, let me out of here. She couldn't get out of it fast enough. If I'm at the airport and I start saying, hey, hand me that thing, there's a blue light special on that. Attention, Kmart shoppers. I've had people come up to me, young women come up to me and say, oh my God, you're Velda Plender. I know, that my voice never changed. And Tori, this was, it was her last acting role. It was your first acting role, right? It was. Where are you guys from, Mars? Worse, Beverly Hills. <laughs> Obviously, I had a small part, but I just loved watching. And the costumes, though, like, I feel like you watch them now, you're like, oh my gosh, iconic. Uh, did you have a favorite look, Shelly? You know, the dress with the bird on the shoulder is pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. fabulous. <laughs> you know, it misses the point. I have a favor to ask, please, and thank you. If we could end with a little Beverly Hills, what a thrill. Yes. Yeah. Can right. we do it? So, you ready? Are we ready? Uh-huh. Returned from the reunion. All right. Oh, such good stuff. Such good stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I was about to say uh, I had uh, watched the movie and there were lots of cameos. I'm just going to mm-hmm. list, list them off Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Frankie Avalon, Dr. Joyce Brothers, Annette Funicello, Robin Leach, Cheech Marin, Ted McKinley, Pia. Zadora, was I asleep? I missed them. I did not see them. Did you guys see them? So, so a lot of them were at either like the big parties or when they were like selling cookies, like in Beverly Hills, because you know that's that's the joke. Okay. Yeah, the first so one. So, do you do you remember seeing any of them? Yeah, the first one was uh, Frankie and Annette, and that was when uh, the uh, the Beverly Hills troupe 
had um, decided to abandon their campground because, you know, nature happened. And they, I remember they, that. Yeah, they, they tucked themselves in at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and Frankie and Annette were jogging on a scene uh, just before they joined them in the hotel room. Oh, jeepers. I swear. What the hell? <laughs> All right. <laughs> The other fun thing about Troop Beverly Hills are the child actors in it. And, you know, they grew up and we still know a a whole lot of them. So let's talk about them. Anybody uh, had a favorite kid in this cast? So one of the reasons that I wore this specific hair this evening, this is not a wig, this is my hair. Um, You can see it on YouTube. uh, so Carla, uh, oh, and no, I'm not going to mispronounce her name because I looked it up and then I forgot. Gugino, mm-hmm. Gino. Um, so she played Chica um, in, in the movie. So she has been in a ton of stuff. Um, you know, we have listed here. She's on Falcon Crest. She's also most recently in the Haunting of Hill House. But so this hair I bought um, to cosplay as Carla's role as Sally Jupiter from the Watchmen movie, which is one of my favorite roles of hers. So um, again, if you go to my social medias and you, you know, search around and you find my Silk Spectre cosplay, this is that hair. It's just, you know, a little restyled um, for, for that. But, but yeah, I, I love her. Um, One of my other uh, roles that I most remember her for is it is another comic book movie. It's the one that's in all black and white. Sin City. Sorry, Sin City. She, she plays, um, she plays a, a, a therapist who then gets like wrapped up in all the stuff and she gets her hands cut off. It's all very terrible and horrible. But anyway, she's she's very lovely. I've always enjoyed her as an actress. Awesome. My favorite was Kelly Martin because I remember him her from a television series called Life Goes On. <gasps> With Patty Lapone and Quirky. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I, I loved that show. And so, I loved Kelly mm-hmm. Martin in it. So she, um, so a couple of other things that I loved Kelly Martin in. So uh, again, I loved Life Goes On growing up. And in fact, um, Corky, no, now I feel bad because I can't remember his real name, but he actually came to my middle school to talk to us. And at the time, um, so when he, it was like in the mid nineties, um, it was still very much that people with Down syndrome did not live very much past the age of 40. Um, and he had just celebrated his 30th birthday. And so he was very excited about the fact that, you know, he was still living and thriving. And anyway, very lovely. Um, I used to work with uh, adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So I always loved that show as kind of a thing that, you know, got me into that kind of line of work. But um, I loved her on ER. But I also kind of love watching her get brutally murdered on her <laughs> arm, which I know is terrible. But listen, also, I have I have chosen good. to tune into that demise of Kelly Martin twice, <laughs> and I mean it's it's good TV. That's it all I can good say. TV. And and the thing is, it's because she's such like a nice, good character that to like take her out in such a horrible way was just so like oh my god. Um, but then the other movie that I really liked her in, which again deals with um, people with intellectual disabilities, is uh, it was a movie she played Rosie O'Donnell's daughter. And Rosie O'Donnell plays a woman with um, an intellectual disability. And you find out that she's the child of rape. And it was a very good TV movie. I remember crying like a baby at that. Yeah. I recall oh, that. Yeah. And, oh, recently, sorry, Kelly Martin. So <laughs> Kelly Martin is in a terrible um uh, Hallmark movie where it was literally like win a date with Tad Hamilton, but Kelly Martin as a doctor. It was very, very dumb, very weird. But I was like, okay, I'm into this. I'll watch this for a moment. <laughs> ah, I love it. DJ, any favorites from those kids uh, in that cast? Oh, goodness. Well, I certainly recognize Tori Spelling. I mean, who couldn't? Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. mean, 90210 is one of the shows that I watched in high school. But of course, this was her first film role. And for a moment, I didn't quite recognize her until I realized she wasn't yet a blonde. 
<laughs> but and still had her original nose. Yeah. And uh, the other person that I recognized was the blonde friend of um of of, of um Mrs. Neffler's girls, uh Amy Foster. She played the kind of rich best friend on Punky mm-hmm. Brewster in the eighties. Um so also um Heather Hopper, who played Tessa, um I remember her because I loved Good Morning, Miss Bliss, which eventually turned into Saved by the Bell. Um, Also, uh, Tori Spelling was on that as well. Um, But uh, she it was interesting, the fact that she was not one of the characters chosen to move on from Good Morning, Miss Bliss to Saved by the Bell, because she was kind of like that. She was definitely like Jesse Spano before they made her Jesse Spano. Hmm. Now, of course, also um, Good Morning, Miss Bliss starred Haley Mills, which I don't mm-hmm. know if you're aware, Demanda, but Haley Mills is one of the guests that's slated to appear at the Mid Atlantic Nostalgicon. Ooh. First of all, I would only accept Haley Mills if it was Haley Mills and Haley Mills. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was... I want to see Let's Get Together <laughs> live. Oh, yes. Well, I was saying the topic, like some of the top three of the guests for uh, NostalgiaCon literally are Haley Mills, her sister and her brother-in-law. Like they're on the same <laughs> flight. I mean, I mean, that, that's fine. So, um, so, so while we're kind of like in that late 80s mode and we brought up Haley Mills and we kind of brought up Good Morning, Miss Bliss, but can we talk about Parent Trap 2 for a moment? <laughs> I, so... We did not have cable growing up. As I said, my dad like hated anything that was new and fresh. So um, I could only watch cable when we were like on vacation and we were in like a hotel or a condo or something. And I remember we were in North Carolina, Topsail, North Carolina, in a hotel and it was on the um, Disney Channel. It was Parent Trap 2. And I was like, they made a second one? And I was like, why is, why is she so old? Um, but it was but, years later right yeah oh yeah it because it was filmed in like 1989 like 80 89 yeah. and and i believe it was a disney it was just a disney channel original it was not like a theatrical release but my favorite part of the movie is um so it's the two best friends that get like the two sisters to swap places but the the, the two the little girl's like, oh, Ralph Macchio. He's such a hottie. And I was like, Ralph Macchio? <laughs> like, this movie's old. <laughs> but it, but I mean, when I was little, obviously, I mean, when like I watched it recently, but oh my gosh, so funny. Because I bought the DVD where it's like the Parent Trap and Parent Trap 2 mm-hmm. on the, in the same package. But oh my gosh. So, surprisingly, not on Disney+. Plus. Right. I wonder why. Yeah, I mean that that predated even the um the Olsen twins and their bad movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but oh, uh, oh, the Parent Trap too. But oh, Haley Mills. Anyway, but but yeah, it's, it is very weird that you know they only chose the three characters from Good Morning Miss Bliss to to move on to um, Saved by the Bell because I know that obviously Haley Mills was like I'm done, I'm out. But it was interesting that they didn't like bring all of the other kids with them. All right. Folks, let's talk about the uh, couple of the creative people. Let's talk about the director and the writers. Uh, DJ Jeff Canoe oh, right, was well, the director. Yes, get in your boat because he's going to make a film. Mr. Canoe, he's an American film director. He's also a screenwriter and a film producer. He began his career by doing the editing of trailers for many films of the 70s in a world. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He was the original. Canoe directed Gotcha in 1985 and Tough Guys in 86. And the final film pairing of actors Kirk Douglas and Burt Lancaster. What a a landmark. He, uh, He initially directed Douglas in 83's Eddie Macon's run. And after Troop Beverly Hills, Canoe directed V.I. Warshawski, starring the legendary smoky voice Kathleen Turner. And uh, of course, also John Waters' film star, Hello, Maryland. And uh, Natural Enemies, starring Hal Holbrook and Louise Fletcher. And then uh, also Bobby Jar, a Holocaust drama. And then lastly, National Lampoon's Adam and Eve. No memory. All of these big names, big hits, huge successes. 
Yeah. <laughs> Except I have no memory of National Lampoon's Adam and Eve. Neither have I. I've never heard of it. Like, I'm about to go look that up. I mean, Brendan Seriously. Fraser is probably in it. <laughs> you know, he's, he just sort of would fit right into that. I'm going to talk about the writers. So we got Ava Austin Fries or Freeze. I'm pretty sure it's Freeze. And it's probably Freeze. Yeah. And uh, she's most well known for Born Famous and Off the Menu, uh, The Last Days of Chasen's. Um, and she's a writer. Um, but the interesting thing about Ava Austin Freeze is that she based, she came up with the story based on something that happened in her real life. And it's a, uh, she, she in real life became the brownie leader of her seven year old daughter. And it was in Beverly Hills. And when they really went camping in real life, it rained. And they really went to the Beverly Hills Hotel where they roasted marshmallows in front of the fireplace. And that really happened to her and inspired this idea for the movie. And then finally, we have Pam Norris, and she wrote the screenplay based on uh, Ava Austin Free's story. And uh, Pam Norris wrote a whole lot for Saturday Night Live. And she also wrote a whole lot of scripts for Designing Women. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did, did, did she write any of the infamous Julia Sugarbaker delightfulness? <laughs> yeah. That Ooh. I don't know. I couldn't tell you that. But I mean, she, the thing is, you would only ever want to be credited on Designing Women if you wrote one of Julia Sugarbaker's infamous monologues. <laughs> now, Demand, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Dixie Carter most famously was a right-wing uh, politi- political-leaning person. Oh, oh. And as a theater actor, she put it into her contract that any time they made her take a left-leaning stance with a speech on Designing Women, she got to... Um, yeah, she had to sing a song. Yeah, she got to sing a song to prove she had she talent. She got to sing a song. Yes. Because, <laughs> li- listen, I will say whatever you want me to say, but you're going to give me a song. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, we have reached the point where um, we're going to talk to you about a few things uh, that were moments you shouldn't miss in this. So, if you haven't seen Troop Beverly Hills before what's wrong with you um and uh you know you wanna freeze frame and not miss these moments so demanda tell us what do you think are the moments that people should not miss when watching this film i mean the fashion just the the, like Mm -hmm. phyllis neffler again is such a fashion icon like that I, i mean like i said before the fact that to this day a drag queen who is literally but a fetus still knows who Phyllis Neffler is and makes a costume based on, on her uniform is, is just amazing. Um, but, Oh, the, the, the skunk hat is another good one, but <laughs> uh, 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 of course, like when, when do the, Oh, and kick in their legs, <laughs> the Freddy, the Freddy, do the Freddy. <laughs> She's wearing those, those stupid job purse. Doing the Freddy because do you, jodhpurs are a thing that one wears. Do you, do you remember um, what she said to the girls as she reached that part in the dance lesson where she said it was no. the Freddy? Because her husband's name was Freddy, she says, I know, girls, life can be ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I just remember watching that movie being like, I want to be one of these girls who just like doesn't understand what the outdoors are (laughs) (laughs) and just, you know, be cute and pretty and rich. Cause it isn't, isn't there the one girl who, who's like dad is some sort of like dictator, like a foreign country. (laughs) That's what it's presented as. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. So stupid, but yeah, I, I I love this movie. I could, yeah. All right. DJ, what's one of your favorite scenes? So for my favorite moment you shouldn't miss, I'm going to play a clip. It's a scary story when the girls are in the hotel. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Neffler, it's your turn. 
a scary story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was a cold and rainy day in March. I went to Christophe's where I usually get my hair done, but Christophe had mysteriously disappeared. And in his place was a stranger named Ronaldo. How dare he? I'll never forget him. His eyes were steely gray, very cold, and his hands were like ice. <sighs> he said, I'll streak your hair, and I'll give you a body weight. He worked very fast, and then... As he turned my chair around to face the mirror, I saw it. He permed me! <laughs> okay, so I'm stealing that audio and I'm putting it in a mix for some some drag n- number soon because that is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he permed me! <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh, yes, with a wig reveal. That would be amazing. Right. Toppy, For me, I'll just round it out with uh, my favorite scene is just the fact that they, they had this misadventure outside and they wind up in the hotel and there they are camping in the hotel. That was probably my favorite. I mean, that's literally me camping. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we haven't like, mentioned no, no, we haven't mentioned it yet. But this movie literally invented the term glamping, glamour camping. Okay, all right. And I, I, again, I will. I have been camping numerous times. I hate, hate, hate it. People are always like, "No, you just haven't camped right." No, bitch, I fuck it. I, I've camped numerous times. Sorry, everybody, I have camped. I've done, I've done, I've done it in Wyoming. I've done it in Utah. I've done it in Maryland. I've done it in Pennsylvania. I've done it in Virginia. It's terrible. It's literally the worst thing ever. <laughs> ever. I mean, there's nowhere for the servants. <laughs> no. It's, yeah. There, there's no. There's nowhere for for my my assistant to stay. Uh, no. I just again. I. I a lot of my friends are big campers and they, they go camping. I'm like, do you know what? You guys go have fun. I'll see you guys when you get back. Like, uh, I just, it's just not fun for me. It's move. not at all fun. Wise move, Amanda, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Um, uh, what did I want? Oh, I wanted to ask both of you. Okay. So Craig T. Nelson. Mm-hmm. All right. Slightly dreamy. Were we supposed to like him in this movie? I, I don't think so. Like I, I I don't I don't think so. I mean I know eventually they like get back together or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they but, do. But I, I I don't think that we were necessarily supposed to like him. It's a, it was a, just a little troubling to me. Uh, you know that whole thing and the I I don't know. I just I didn't find a lot to like about him. That's all. Well, and well, and the thing is, I think that it's one of those. One of those things in like those 80s and 90s movies where there's really not not enough time to really develop a full, well-rounded character because we need to get to the we don't need no stinking patches. We need to get to the Freddy. We need to get to, um, you know, the fashion show. We need to get to them out in the in the real wilderness that is just like. Eh, he's there. We, d- d- she's no longer from a broken home. Don't we feel better about ourselves now? And it's just one of those things you just kind of like, nah, all right, fine. You, you know, whatever. If, if they wanted me to like Freddie Neffler less, they probably should have casted Tom Arnold in that role. <laughs> Tom <laughs> Arnold. Holy wow. <laughs> so, folks, we. Uh, I, I want to leave you with the. Uh, CJ, let me just leave with this last bit of trivia because it's fun. <laughs> but uh, the, the person that came up with the story we've mentioned, Dave Austin Freeze, she took it to Disney uh, to peddle it, you know. And Disney said, oh, 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 we want. Bette Midler in this movie. 
Interesting. Freeze said, ew, I don't think she's right for it. And she took it away. She didn't want Disney to do it with Bette Midler. So Disney did not end up making the movie. But now if you go to Disney Plus, Disney owns the picture anyways. Yeah. Just how they are. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting. Um, so that's that that's that's because I think that Bette Midler actually would have been right. I mean, at the same time, she was, she, she, um, in 88, 89, she did, um, Georgette in Oliver and Company, which is pretty much the same character. You know, nothing to take nothing away from Shelley Long, Bette Miller, Bette Midler would have killed this movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely would have been an, an interesting take on it. She, Shelley Long was incredible in this movie. Um, but that's interesting that that's another movie that was sort of that they wanted Bette Midler for and then didn't happen. And like that, like late eighties, early nineties, because sister act was another movie that was specifically written for oh. Bette Midler and she was not available or she declined. And that's when they rewrote it to make it Whoopi Goldberg, which again makes way more sense. And it definitely works a whole lot better with the fact that she's the black nun. I, I th- Especially then in like the later Broadway musical. I think that she at that time was being sued by Martha Ray for doing For the Boys. <laughs> First of all, how, For the Boys. Oh, my God. That movie. I love that movie so much. Um, I, 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 I have sung stuff like that there before. Uh, P.S. I Love You is literally one of my favorite songs. I love For the Boys. That's a movie that always makes me cry. We'll have to. I, I cannot. I cannot to this day hear that Beatles song in my life without crying because of when she sings it in the movie. We'll have to have you back to discuss that and have you dressed as your bombshell dazzler. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Well, let's wrap. Uh, let's wrap this up, DJ. Okay. Um, so we have a few. Things. Oh my gosh, are we done already? I'm afraid. No. So there's a few things you might like if you enjoyed Troop Beverly Hills. I'll go first. Uh, well, around this time frame, the uh, Troop Beverly Hills came out in 89. A couple of years before, there was a short-lived TV show called Rags to Riches. It only lasted one season, and it was about a self-made millionaire who was a frozen foods tycoon. He adopted six orphan girls to live in his Bel Air mansion, and this was set in the 60s, and it was it was supposed to be like an Orphan Annie-type story. Um, <laughs> that sounds creepy AF. <laughs> <laughs> creepy AF. What is this man doing with all these orphan girls? Exactly. And uh, because Shelley Long was in Troop Beverly Hills, I am going to recommend my favorite Shelley Long film from a couple of years before. It was called Hello Again. And she's a woman who dies before her time and is brought back by a spell cast by her sister. And this film was directed by the man who brought us Mommy Dearest. Who 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 was the male coaster? Was that who was that? That was Corbin Burnson. Oh my god. Oh, that's right. So who's Corbin Burnson? Remind so me. He his most famous turn was in LA Law. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of a sounds like Constantine show. And he got to be Q yeah. on Star Trek a couple of times, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Um Demanda Thinking along the lines of Shelley Long and this movie and the kind of the gestalt it had, what what does this movie inspire you to want other people to watch? Um, well, I mean, we've kind of already talked about it, but uh, and I know that it's kind of in your things to talk about, but Outrageous Fortune is one of my like it is a movie that I when I find it, like when, because uh, many, many years ago, it was on Netflix. It's no longer on Netflix. When Netflix used to have like a ton of older uh, films. I love that movie so much. I seriously want to remake that movie with like me and my friend Dax. Like just like it would be so stupid. Just like two drag queens, like trying to solve crimes. <laughs> just, so the, the most interesting part about that movie is Shelley Long's like goal in that movie is to play Hamlet. Which is interesting that a woman wants to play Hamlet, but like not as a woman, as as a man. Um, mm-hmm. And I've actually seen Hamlet done with a female act- actor, and it doesn't it doesn't work. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that like that's the thing 
that they that they like want to do. The the guy who pretends to be in the class the class with them. So Peter Coyote plays Michael Santos, which is hilarious because also I never found him super attractive. So I was like, he must have like a really nice something in order for both of these women to fall in love with him. Um, but uh, is it Christopher? Chris, no, not him. So uh, Anthony Heald, I guess is his name. Um, he played, he plays like the guy who like pretends to be an actor in the class and he like choke and Stanislavski or whatever chokes him in the thing. He was so dreamy to me. <laughs> like I remember being like, Oh, he's cute. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I was, I was like, Shelly Long, what are you doing? Like, why don't you flirt with him? Like, that's, that's cute. <laughs> anyway, um, I, but also, where, again, Bette Midler in the movie, when she gets on the phone with, like, the is it the water company or the power company? And she totally bullshits her way out of having to pay her bill. <laughs> I, anyway, love that movie. <laughs> Want to talk about it all the time. <laughs> Excellent. And I'm just going to add to it. You certainly, if you if you're interested in Shelley Long, don't miss her first five seasons on Cheers, where she creates a wonderful character, Diana Chambers, and she has to tread a very difficult space in Cheers. As a woman, you're not exactly supposed to like, but she's still someone you like, and that ain't easy. And she pulled it off. And so definitely check her out on Cheers. An excellent sitcom. And she did it for something like five seasons. Okay. So before we say goodbye to our fabulous guest, we are going to step out here to the lobby. And we're going to go ahead and grab that bag of coins, Toppy. Grab that off the shelf for me. Uh, let me grab that sack. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, put that in the slot there. All right, Tuppy, grab that capsule for me and let me know what you see in there. All right, going to open the capsule. It's going to tell us what we're doing. Oh, look at that. You know what? Demanded Martini's going to like this. We're going to do next a TV series, Designing Women. <gasps> yes, oh because the writers who brought us Troop Beverly Hills brought us Designing Women, and we have just a cast full of talents, like a, a shopping list of who's who of the 80s. We've got Annie Potts. Fresh off of Ghostbusters, we've got Meshack Taylor, who just was in Mannequin. We've got Gene Smart (laughs) and Jixie Carter. So that is going to be on uh, our next episode, which, remember, folks, we record the first and third Friday of each month. So not next week, but on Friday, June 5th. Please return here to Univaz, the same bat channel, same bat time. All right. Ah, excellent. Demanda, you've been such a joy tonight. Oh, you guys, thank you so much. I do enjoy talking nonsense with you, you both. <laughs> that we do. Now, now, you have a plethora of places people can find you. Tell us about some of them. Yes. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Demanda, D M A N D A, Martini. Um, so actually, I'm going, going to be announcing it tomorrow. <gasps> you guys are like exclusive. Whoa. Um, I'm going to be doing a fundraiser for my local P flag chapter here in Southern Maryland, P flag Leonard town. Um, I'll be doing an online Facebook live um, show. My Eleanor's new deal cabaret. We're going to be doing a benefit for them where all of the proceeds go to them. So um, again, look, look for the post. Um, we'll be going live on the Eleanor's new deal cabaret Facebook page. So go find uh, the Eleanor's new deal cabaret. Um, and again, we'll be singing lots of LGBT uh, sort of themed songs. We have an all LGBTQIA cast, which is very exciting. So um, I'm very, very thrilled for this pre-Pride season since Pride is, you know, canceled everywhere. 
um, to be like, what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben, my roommate just is like the parade is canceled. Pride is never canceled, which is true. So we're gonna be celebrating Pride, raising money for P Flag, Leonard Town. Um, so that's gonna be live on Saturday, May thirtieth at eight p.m. Hmm. That is awesome. Demand it is. Uh, certainly apparent that you have not been resting on your laurels during that <laughs> time. Never. She would never. <laughs> well, thank you All so right, much people. for joining us. And uh, thanks again for those who are in the chat room here, Toppy. Let us know who came by tonight. We're real thankful they're all here. It's great to see them all again. Aunt Tudor, Crone. Uh, we've got Marin Gertz. And uh, it's possible one or two other people might have come in and out. But uh, we thank you all so much. Tommy, there he goes. He he left just a few minutes ago. And uh, thanks, everybody, for showing up live for this program. If you would, sir, please say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. And Amanda. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univazpods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or let us know how we're doing. Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. John's gone wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The smell cast. My Tommy smelling. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. Univazpods.net.